it's core to have an editorial concept as a leak. So I think it's really important to understand what kind of stories you want to tell the data. Um, and you really have to have to have a good understanding about the sports itself. Welcome back to another episode of the Football and Business Podcast brought to you by Football and Business Insight. For this episode, we're going to bring the panel discussion, a part of our recent digital deep dive section on discovering the potential of live data in sport. The discussion was moderated by Ralph Leister and featured three prestigious experts in the field, including Maximilian Schmidt, Managing Director of Kinison Sport and Media, Niklas Evan, Head of Football Research and Standard at FIFA, and Frank Bowman, Managing Director of Likumoli Handball Bundesliga. Each expert will share their thoughts and topic insight from three perspectives, a tech provider, a federation, and a sport league. So with no further ado, let's get into it. Kilian asks if you will offer the possibility for guest teams to get the data as well if the host's team um, stadium supports Kinexon. That's a very good question and it's handled case by case. Um, I think we also got an answer in, in, in our uh, community already how it's handled in Norway. Mm -hmm. um, do you have a league-wide um, solution like Frank has with the German Handball League? I think they handle how to distribute the data across the home team and also the away team uh, already like on a central base. If an individual team decides to bring in a solution like Kinexon in their arena and track uh, their performance in home games, um, we often have in our contracts that we have the opportunity to also equip the, the guest team but it's only working with the consent of the home team that we're using their arena to track also the host team. But normally it's about communication and things can be handled. So it's very often very simple that the away team just asks for it and, and we, we then facilitate the communication. And in the majority of the case, it's not a big deal. Okay. Technological-wise, it's easy. It's more like a matter if you're allowed to and uh, if anyone has a, a yeah. problem with that, but normally not. Of course, now it would be interesting uh, which clubs do not support the um, the guest teams, but um, we will not uh, discuss this here. So thank you very much. And Maximilian, you mentioned uh, Frank, and this is indeed a very interesting question because Frank, you decided to do a, a league approach. Were there any complaints by clubs who, for example, had their own ideas for technical equipment and you as a league said you now use this system or were they obedient as they should be? Uh, no, there were big discussions. Uh, on the one hand, as Maximia says, said, uh, how do we share the uh, players' data with the home and the away team? In the first two years, we decided that um, only the home teams get their own data and the away teams get uh, their own data. Uh, from this season, we took the decision um, with uh, the agree of all clubs that uh, also, the away team data is shared with the home team and uh, the other way around. Um, so we have, um, with the trainers on the on the sporting perspective, we have uh, a lot of uh, uh, competition in, in interface management. They all have their own anal analysis systems and uh, it needs to be connected to that. And that if you look in the future, uh, our, want the 
I would appreciate a, a consultant who says uh, the linkage of data from different sources is no problem at all. Uh, uh, that is something that we really deal with. And if we want to have the next step, um, we have to find solutions for integrating uh, all these uh, data sources to one big data cube. And that would bring us really forward. Sounds like a big challenge. Um, thank you very much. And we have a question from Juan. I hope I pronounced your name correctly. Thank you very much for the question, which goes into your direction, Frank, as well. He's asking, uh, do you think any other handball league uh, is uh, any closer to offering the same technologies as the Bundesliga does? I think you already said that you have a very ambitious vision, but um, precisely to answer the question from Juan, what is your, your opinion on that, Frank? Yeah, I'm, I'm not aware of another league who is doing that, but the big championships, the uh, current European championships in Slovakia and Hungary, they also use the technology. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, Maximilian, I'm, I'm not sure if you only are in, uh, in, in link with the um, IHF, the uh, World Handball Federation. Uh, I think they are at least open for that. Uh, But as a league with a permanent uh, playing schedule, you have many other opportunities to interact with fans, with media all over the year. And it's also for them, especially for the media partners, a big investment if you want to uh, use that on a professional way. And uh, there we have uh, more chances than in two weeks event like the European Championships right now. But now we are the... Uh, we are the drive. We sit in the driver's seat, and uh, I hope that other leagues will follow. Because for handball, it's really, really a big thing, and I think it's on every field, on every um, um, item that we uh, want to get further ahead: fan engagement, media, sporting perspective. Uh, I think we have really good opportunities to um, to get a, a better development. Yeah. And Frank, since you just mentioned international tournaments, I have a question from Konrad, which goes in the direction of Nicolas. Um, Nicolas, Konrad is asking if the FIFA does have concrete plans for a Kinexon rollout at the tournaments, or is the interest more opportunistic at the moment? So uh, many, many layers to that, uh, to that question. So I think a lot of what's just been said is, is, is true here is that first of all, the, the choice of wearables is def is something that's team specific at the moment. So mm -hmm. we're not a league like, like Frank just mentioned. And while you do have big, uh, tournaments like ourselves, where it could be rolled out, um, the acceptance is, is not well the acceptance with players depends uh, to start with so a lot of them are wearing gps or, or local positioning systems but to get all the teams so let's take a world cup to get 32 teams to agree to one specific technology when you potentially have long-term commitments and agreements with competitors with with uh, other valid tracking providers is going to be relatively difficult so i'd say that the vision and this is more probably four to eight years from now would be to have a, a more agnostic infrastructure in place that's capable of ingesting uh, data from all sorts of different devices, not only a Kinexon, um, and as was mentioned, but to actually make sort of the, the data collection more, um, more of a commodity. The reason we're, 
we're, we're looking at this now is that we want to understand the potential as much as everyone else. And that's why we're having all these conversations. What can we do with the live data? What, what meaning does it have? We're looking at it for officiating purposes. As said, uh, we, we need to see how can we help our referees with that. Um, the same the same holds true as I was just answering in my, my previous intermezzo before around public accountability. The referee has to justify why he did certain things and, and, not, and not other ones. So okay. for me, it's uh, it's really trying to work with companies that are future oriented. That's why we, we chose this specific um, partnership with Kinexon, but that's not exclusive. So we're, we're more than happy to get uh, to onboard uh, three, four, five other companies that want to go in the direction, that want to uh, develop it. So it's not that it's opportunistic, but I really think that we, we need to look at these avenues and we need to understand how we can use the potential of this data to improve. So we can see that all the all the big leagues, and this is really down to our tournaments, we use optical tracking. Uh, I saw the the comment as well in the chat about um, uh, Norway as well. We know they all use optical tracking, but it's about really how you can um, how you can enhance that now, knowing that you can get uh, data. One last comment, and that's why, probably on the why we do it this way. Max mentioned the NBA before. Well, they're indoors, so GPS didn't work. Handball, very similar. So I think they looked at this local positioning system, so the LPS technology first. Had football needed to go down that route of not being able to use GPS as much because you train outside, then we might be in a very different place. But I believe because there were the typically football has started with global positioning system or the GNSS systems, this, this leap to, to LPS is now a, a shift, um, not only in, in, in philosophy, but also in, um, in, in trying to convince of, of the additional benefits. And I think that that's just also one of the, the harder things, but that's why we're trying to explore how, how we can use it. And the last point to actually answer the question, we want to make as much technology available to the teams that want to use it. Um, and I think we need to find a way around that. So that that's really the space that we're trying to, to work in without really answering too concretely. Well, thank you very much uh, for that, Nicolas. I think we have two different approaches. On the on the one hand side, we have the, the handball central uh, approach, and then we have the FIFA more, more decentralized approach. Uh, Nicholas, are you sometimes a little bit jealous uh, because of the um, of the centralized approach that Frank can can do in his uh, handball context? Look, je jealous is the wrong word. Um, uh, I think Fra Frank and uh, similar contacts within uh, within basketball. I say your job is easy. Uh, yeah, you just need to deal with one provider. I need to deal with like thirty five. Uh, of course, that's uh, uh, sli slightly joking um, on, on, on that half. Um, no, I think it's, it's a different it's a different uh, approach. So for, for me, um, Frank has explained it very well. There's a there's a logic within the league, but that requires a lot of commitment, which is also why you don't see it in so many other leagues yet. Yeah, you need a you need a plan, you need funding, you need to actually you know do this integration, and you need people who who take responsibility on the day to to implement this. Um, so for me. You know, football um, is is much bigger in the sense uh, with the, the the democratic aspect that it goes all the way down. So to try and bring a technology like that into a into a game of the size of football is is always going to be a lot a lot, a lot harder. So for me, it's it's really um, using the potential that we can get of, of data, but uh, across as broad a spe uh, spectrum as, as we can. So look, we have completely different challenges. It's about how do we get an under twelve team? How can we utilize technology? 
Um, something I haven't brought up here is what we're calling broadcast tracking. How do we extract data from the, the video footage? You know, how can we use that at the lowest level? So I think in, in that sense, we have a very different challenge. And look, while at the elite level, it's fantastic to see when you go watch potentially a, a basketball, ice hockey, handball, these games to see with the, the opportunities that are there. Um, I think they, they equally look at football and would love to have the global reach. So I think there's, a, um, there's very different challenges. So. Yeah. No, not particularly jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, um, different approaches, different challenges, but we all agree that uh, live data have a huge potential. And regarding this potential, I would like to talk a little bit more about the commercialization, the monetization of those live data, of this live data that we have during the game. And uh, I already have two questions from the audience, one from Thomas and one from Ardor on this, but nevertheless, a more broader question. Uh, Maximilian, When you sit together with, uh, as you um, called them, uh, I don't know if you decided the leaders, but the future thoughters, um, you said um, that, of course, sometimes you have to convince them and you discuss it with them. Which are the arg arguments on a more commercial side rather than on just optimizing the sports side on the pitch? What are the arguments on the commercial side that you um, typically make them win the, the argument? I, I think that there's a, a indirect and a direct approach towards that. So a direct approach is utilizing the data to enable new ways of sponsorship. You have a dedicated sponsor for, for, the, for the tracking data, the performance insights, uh, like Frank has with the DKB, which is a great partnership that exploits the possibilities in a, in a very broad way from digital to, to on-site when you activation so that's a direct approach that you take the opportunity activated by a sponsor or how you can monetize it by getting back from the fans for example you want to have like a fantasy gaming model it can be a freemium or a premium model and the fans directly kind of contribute to that by paying like for a premium account for getting more access to the data to get them like an advantage in the gaming aspect or from betting providers Would like to use the data in, in that matter that's the, the direct approach how you can generate new revenue streams for a league and the indirect is just enhancing the quality of the product because we all are facing like a changing way of how we consume sports from, from audiences so i like to go to the arena and just watch 90 minutes of football or 60 minutes of handball that's the way how i work and i grew up but i love i know a lot of people who don't have the patience to do that who like to do a bit more interactive and consume like highlights they want to talk and chat with their friends and communicate and they need need a more interactive way of consuming live sports and having the data at hand enables you to enhance the quality of the product by enabling applications to to make the viewing experience for, for the younger audience that have that more interactive need and demand for watching sports accessible to them And that will just trigger more fans to your sports and a bigger viewership in the long run will enable you bigger commercial exploitation by getting bigger media deals getting bigger sponsors and it's more like an indirect approach where you have like a long-term vision about how you can enhance the quality of the product and sports that you're promoting yeah okay thank you very much for this overview um, more precisely asked uh, as thomas did thank you very much by the way for that thomas He's asking, in your, in your knowledge, are there any leagues who have a league tracking system in place that also commercialize on their tracking data live as uh, official data? 
you just mentioned um, that um, Frank and the DKB have a very good sponsorship agreement and leverage those live these live data. We will talk about that in a minute. But beyond that, are there any other leagues who commercialize their their live data? For example, for for betting providers or something else. Absolutely, I think Frank also uses the data with the HBL. Uh, for broadcasting. So Sky is integrating the tracking data in the live broadcast feed, for example. The German Bundesliga is using tracking data to commercialize their AWS partnership in the broadcasting. The NFL is using tracking data uh, live in the broadcast to interact with younger audience. And, uh, mm -hmm. So yes, there are a couple of leagues doing that already. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you very much for that. And Frank, as I already, already said, I would like to go a little bit deeper into um, your usage of the live data as well. And the first question, since Maximilian just mentioned it, is regarding the partnership with DKB, Deutsche Kreditbank. How do you use live tracking in this sponsorship agreement, if you can go into detail on this? Uh, you know, um, DKB is uh, something like the main sponsor of this product. And uh, as you know, it's a it's an, uh, direct bank and uh, they're business models, their business processes are all digital. And uh, their approach in sponsoring is, of course, to have all the advantages of an emotional sports, but on the other hand, to transport their excellence in digital processes. And this is what uh, we do with this product excellently. Yeah? Um, so, and that is, uh, of course, uh, a good sponsorship and this is how the development of sponsorship will follow up the upcoming years and not only big spenders as DKB but also small spenders say hey uh, I want to have a digital product uh, give me solutions and not ask questions and I I don't want to have a, a simple uh, banner or something uh, give me content give me digital excellence and uh, give me emotions and that is the mix uh, which is uh, of big interest nearly by every sponsor and as Maximilian says we enrich our media product and we are uh, this year in the tender to uh, give our media rights from the season 23-24 and it will be a, a fundamental basis uh, that we offer to the market and I'm quite sure that this is honored by the uh, by the networks, by the askers of these uh, media rights. Uh, uh, I think that is not a direct uh, business approach, but uh, we will enrich uh, the media product and also hope to raise our license monies. Uh, and third thing is that we, of course, want to develop new businesses with that, also within the media. So if, um, if we are able to uh, give new, new uh, users, new fans, the possibility uh, to get from us individual contents, one-to-one -one contents of their favorite players. Uh, that is what we want to reach uh, within the next years. Yeah? And uh, there's a lot of work to do, a lot of interface management uh, to bring all that data together. But if we are able to do that, uh, I think we are really settled for the uh, for the future market and the change in uh, media habits. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, thank you very much, Frank. Uh, another question from Ardua in the same direction. Um, there are, of course, some very figure-driven de decision takers in sports organizations, and they might ask, okay, but which KPIs will improve after, for example, implementing Kinexon's uh, data? Um, is it then, um, for example, the viewing rate on Sky? Is it the attendance to home home games? Or how do you try to measure the success of the newly, newly implemented technology, Frank? Do you have any insights on that for us? Uh, <clears throat> what we have is a, a business plan only for this project. Yeah, And uh, you can imagine uh, the... Uh, that is... Uh, that in the in, in getting a new deal with Maximilian, but uh, the license fee is only a, a quite small part of the cost that we have. Yeah, the installation and the workforce to uh, get this service done is uh, a lot of more than the license fee. But it's a it's a few million uh, euro um, investment per season. But on the other hand. Uh, we try to earn that back, yeah. And uh, the the um, the points that we have to um, that we have to uh, besides the cost, the revenues on the other side, they changed even in the uh, three years that we did so far. So we have revenues not only with sponsoring, but we have also revenues in in digital advertisement when we uh, put that to our social social media channels uh, and we uh, we are more than happy with this plan because uh, we tried uh, we we were able to manage to fulfill uh, a positive result within uh, two years so it's a uh -huh. it's a good investment uh, and a good example for a um, digital project. We did others which were much more expensive in the long run. I would, I'm very curious about those two, but uh, let's let's stay focused on the live data topic, which we have here. And we have a very good question on the investment side, from my point of view, from Minea. Thank you very much for that question. This goes in the direction of democratization of the, the live data and especially the technology behind it. Because on the one hand side, I just heard that it has a very good amortization. So if I invest, I get money back through sponsorships or the other points that Frank mentioned. But on the other hand side, we have to invest uh, a significant amount of money in order to do to be able to do that. So question for all three of you, um, is this product or the solution we are talking about just something for the very top tier clubs, which then could neglect lower tier clubs or even lower tier sports? So besides handball and football, for example, or is there a possibility for those smaller organizations to leverage the potential of live data too? It's an ex explicit question for all three of you. So whoever wants to start, just give me a sign. I just saw Maximilian nodding. Yeah, it's, I think it's the most important question for if you look at the whole community of the sport, right? It's like our technology that we have implemented it, uh, Handball Bundesliga with Frank's team is has a specific scope and you need to scale that down for different leagues. So if you want to offer the same kind to a smaller league, you have to adopt a bit like the cost structure of that. And mm -hmm. So you need to have some kind of flexibility to make it scalable and use maybe different technologies for different uh, sizes of markets. 
but ultimately maybe even thinking about different kind of business models. Um, every market is different. Some markets really benefit a lot from the licensing that they get for the media and video rights. Some others are living more from a sponsorship perspective. Some can commercialize more directly from, from the fans or from the sponsors from big teams. So I think we have to, as a, as a provider, we always go to, go to a specific uh, league or federation and look at the specific circumstances that we find there to ideally adopt the services that we bring in and find then the right business model for that. That is our approach to that. But if I were a league, and I think Frank or Nicholas can answer that better for a federation, I think it's also, first of all, you should think about what do you need, what do you want, and then find what might be the right technology that can fulfill that need and requirement, and then work on a business model, um, how, that, how that can look like. And there are multiple ways of doing that. Some also could be, for example, a joint investment by the league and the vendor, and then having like a revenue share model and split like the risk, for example. That is also like a common approach by, by some in the market. Okay, so you, you do not um, neglect certain sports or certain businesses because they are too small right now. For the time being, there <laughs> always can be the case that a league approaches us and we don't find like a solution for, for the budget. Yeah. That can always be the case. We, we cannot, unfortunately, we cannot offer it for all the different sports and all yeah. the different markets at the same time. We have to focus somehow on part of it and we have to expand over time. And we try to get more scalable across to smaller leagues over, over time as the technology also matures and over maturity becomes normally like also like decreasing prices. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, and unfortunately for, for, the, for the leagues out there, there are more providers than just Kinexon. So I think that we also advise them if, if we find out together that we are not the perfect fit, we, we also would advise them to find uh, partners uh, that we know uh, that can do similar <laughs> yeah okay uh, thank you very much maximilian so this is basically the service provider point of view and um, i would like now to change the point of view maybe to nicholas to the federation perspective mm, with FIFA, within fifa you have 211 members all of a different size so um do you want to offer the things we talked about to all of them or just to the top 10 top 20 because they are big enough to actually invest the amount of money necessary well i, I hope we all know the answer to that question now i think it's look, the, the the idea the idea is to, to to get it as broadly as possible and that comes back to my whole why fifa is getting involved it's not to help germany uh, try and win the next World Cup. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's see if they can attempt. Um, <laughs> but 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 it, but it's precisely to try and help develop and, and, and improve. And I think um, Maximilian's touched on a lot of points. For us, the reason we did um, the, the testing and the validation of the systems is so that we can show what are good systems, what are even okay systems, and that depends then on what do I need. Uh, we, we started with the very first introduction around we all have individual uh, wearables. I uh, have my running watch. I won't show the brand, but it's one of those where I decide for myself, do I want to spend a thousand euros on it or am I fine with a 50 euro tracker depending on what I want to do? And, and I think we, we need to uh, apply the same logic here. Um, the second element to, to answer your question is I don't want to force technology on someone who doesn't want it. So I also think is we want to try and make things available for those who do it. Um, using the nice analogy Frank had before around the, um, the scouts that sit there with their pen and pencil and 
draw when uh, when when a player is throwing or where, what the position was. If you're doing that again today, then there are means and there's relatively low cost technology to improve on that, right? So even just a video recording with a very basic layer of, of AI to do a uh, to even just to tag. I mean, uh, a lot of you will know sports code, will know these these tools. And this is available at relatively low, low cost. The one point that I would make from a, from a federation perspective, and I mean, we have the full spectrum from a, a FIFA World Cup or Women's World Cup, which is the, the, the highest level of, of tournament you will find in football, down to youth tournaments. Yeah, we, we also do under 17 um, uh, World Cups. So it's a different service level. You don't necessarily have, but the, the essence of having data is the same. Right? You want tracking data, you want event data across these. But it, it ultimately comes down to um, you know, what, what are the teams asking for? How, how do they want it uh, de delivered? But the, 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 the format ultimately um, stays the same. So I, I think it's really, um, it has to be the objective here that we try and democratize, that we, we look at the top end and that we try and see how can we scale it down that people still get um, the solution they want. And I mean, just... You know, Kinexon, like other providers like Catapult, like Statsports, to throw the names in here to be very clear, they offer, uh, you know, local positioning systems are more expensive than GPS systems. You have low cost GPS systems. Um, same with optical tracking. The state of the art today is, is 10, 12 camera systems. That's expensive. So we're not anymore at this one uh, camera uh, tracking system as, as we, we've mentioned. So therefore, I, I think it's it's definitely something that you want to make available to as, as broadly as as possible, um, but there has to be a demand. And my my last point in that, and I think Frank, uh, you can use that as a segue then as well. The the bigger the league, and you mentioned it earlier about you only missed one half of a, a game uh, coming uh, or one data from one half. It's it's a question of accountability responsibility. Of course, if you outsource that to a service provider, that's when it becomes expensive. If you have the internal resources, if you have the staff inside your league, inside your organization to run it yourself, then of course it becomes a lot cheaper if all you're buying is hardware and, and, and a license, if you can do the operations yourself. But that also brings up the question of accountability. If uh, Frank were to say, right, Max, I don't want your service anymore, then he becomes responsible the moment that he doesn't that doesn't work anymore. And I think that's one of the biggest differences you'll see between the elite and the amateur level is that if you do it yourself and it goes wrong, you have no one else to blame. Whereas if you're at the elite level, you you ultimately you want you want someone to be accountable for this, um, and therefore you will you will find that. So I, I think the cost of operations is something that that will make a big big difference um, here. Yeah. Frank. So again, it should be available to all want uh, the solutions but on a different level so it's not one size fits all surprisingly um but thank you very much for elaborating on that nicholas uh, frank how do you um think about the democratization of the uh, life data technology so <clears throat> when we took this decision three years ago uh to to invest in this technology we also considered uh to um to invest also for our second league, which is uh, a professional league, uh, one of the five uh, biggest league in the world with respect to the turnaround, um, but decided that at this stage, uh, they had other investments to settle before, yeah? because you need an infrastructure, you need venues, you need that people that Niklas says, um, 
um, which have to do the, the operations. And uh, at that time, uh, the second league was not ready for that. Um, and when we had the discussions there, I asked Maximilian, um, is there any uh, low budget possibility that we could install in the second league? Uh, but it wasn't. So you can't say I make that half or I make only a few games. Yeah, if you do that, you have nearly this nearly the same amount of costs. Uh, so, um, but we will rethink that. We have a four years contract with Kinexon, and uh, after that period, uh, we will prove that very very carefully if this investment could also um, be a good investment for our second league. Mm -hmm. um, I can't tell you so far, but we are much closer than three years before because yeah. we have the uh, experience of, uh, of fails and of, uh, of good things and uh, we don't make that fails again. Yeah. And uh, I think it's also a chance for smaller businesses and the technology will further develop. Maybe there's uh, also a cutting of costs. I can't tell you right now, um, but Maybe it's in the long run more expensive not to invest because you uh, stay in your, in your old structures, in your old sponsorships, and um, the market is asking for new trends, for digital solutions, and this is uh, due for every league, if they are small, if they are big. I really like the quote, in the end, it might be even more expensive to not invest. So this would be a coin in the Phrasenschwein if we had one. But I totally agree. And I think so do Nicholas and Maximilian. I have two topics left um, for the end of our panel discussion. And thank you very much so far. And both topics are um, started by questions from the audience. The first one is from Bernd, and it goes in the direction of fan engagement. So we now learned that Many clubs and organizations and even federations are gathering a lot of data, most of them or some of them even live. And the question is, um, how do we bring this closer to the fans? So um, how can we um, how can the fans be better able to understand uh, and analyze what those those KPIs mean? Maybe in, in an entertaining way, maybe in, a, in an informative way. So what are your points? On that, and Bernd mentions in this context um, NFTs for fan engagement, but I think this is a, a totally separate topic. But nevertheless, um, it's up to you uh, to answer this question. And Maximilian is smiling the brightest, if I can see it. So, if you again would like to start, I I don't know why I'm really smiling because I think it's one of the topics that makes us the most headaches. Um, how we can how we can make it really great for, for the fans. Um, three things that we learned over the last couple of years are it's core to have an editorial concept as a league. So I think it's really important to understand what kind of stories you want to tell the data. Um, and you really have to have to have a good understanding about the sports itself. And uh, what, what Frank and the HBL does with the player performance index in, is they integrated the stakeholders in the development of that index. So they are like representatives of fans, handball uh, experts who have an understanding about what is interesting for the fans, right? Because we cannot tell, I, I, I cannot claim that I'm like a, the biggest handball fan in the world and I'm the biggest expert. 
but we should ask the fans themselves and integrate them into that collaborative process. And so coming up with an editorial concept, what might be relevant for sports is the beginning for every league to make sure that there is engagement. Then education, we really have to have those videos to educate what the data is telling us and give examples of, of, of best in class and make references compared to other sports, compared to average human performances to really get them an understanding about it. It took the NFL, they have like a quarterback index. It took them like 20, 30 years to get this established in the minds of the fans. So it's, it's an educational process and all the stakeholders need to involve it. The commentators need to reference it in, in the way of their storytelling. And finally, context, right? Only if I have context and know if that is the hardest throw in the history of handball or the hardest throw of this particular person or that game, I can have a sense of whether this 145 kilometers per hour are a really fast throw or not. So having that context is, is essential. And checking those boxes is essential to have success not talking about the different channels that, that will do it, uh, like NFTs or gaming, gamification or, or betting. I think in general, it's more like the concept, how you approach it and integrate it, that is so essential. And we had to do, go through a lot of learnings throughout the last years to get that going, because it's not about the KPIs, it's more about the, the new stories that we can tell about sport. Yeah. Thank you very much, Maximilian, for that. Um, I saw that Nicholas uh, unmuted himself, so re ready to answer the question uh, as, as well. Um, what do you think? How can we bring the, the data closer to the fans? Or do we even have to? Yeah, I, I mean, I'd I, I, I concur with, with what's been said. I, I have sort of two, two approaches to it. The one is I don't think the fans are particularly good at telling us what they want. And I don't mean that badly but i think it it, it 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 is just also very difficult to ask someone what do you want from a technology that you might not understand and let's all be fair that we all don't fully understand yet so i, I feel if i can use that uh, that image you know we're going down a river that's coming to the delta and at the end of the river it goes into lots of little streams in all sorts of directions and i feel that that's something that we haven't necessarily got a, a grasp over the big question around why don't we commercialize this data more is well no one's paying for it so the moment that i understood what what are you willing to pay for then then of course everyone will start to start building infrastructure so i think that's that's the one side where you know we're talking about social media all of these things no one's yet managed to uh, commercialize it in a way uh, because if someone had everyone would be doing it hmm. for me there's around the 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 data itself is yes, you need to take the fan on the journey. I think if you give him more quality insights, even if it's for the, the, the pub talk at the end, rather than saying, oh, you had a terrible game, he should have scored that goal. If you can actually maybe do some insights based on some more, some more data, like why we shouldn't have lost the game. We had these and these and these metrics. Now, I, I, I think it, it just adds to the, the quality of the conversation. I think you can you can read the game better in real time with live data. You mentioned the, the, the commentator, but it's also maybe, you know, understanding why is a certain team doing something at a certain time? Um, I, I always use the example, you know, a nil-nil doesn't have to be a boring game. Now, I'm, I'm a football nut, but you can have really exciting tactical stalemates and, and you know, understanding what a team is doing to, to create that can be really really insightful um but for me the the, the core point in, in all of this and it's they're not so much about 
new KPIs or not KPIs, and it, it kind of goes a bit back to the conversation earlier, I think the media rights will lose value if you don't enhance them with data over in the future. And so maybe you don't have a direct return on investment, and I think this was said before, but if you just provide 20 camera angles of video without anything uh, added to it, I think that will become an issue. We're already seeing it. If I can use a different example with, um, I follow German football as well. So if you look at the German cup and it's like, oh, well, if we'd had the video referee, this goal wouldn't have been allowed. So we know we have a fact and said, well, we can see it was offside, but because we're not using technology, the goal stands. So there's a, there's an error. And the same will come if you don't have data. If you say, oh, well, it would have been great to know how fast that ball was thrown or how hard that ball was shot or what the tactical setup is, but we don't have data, so we don't know. People will then start asking for it. And so I think it's 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 a slow evolutionary process, but the, my, my most comprehensive answer would be what I said first is really this idea, let's make the, the discussion amongst fans more informed. And yeah. I, I do think fans want that. And I, I'm sure it's the same for handball. Yeah. Yeah, let's see if it's the same for handball as well. Thank you very much, Nicholas. Frank, uh, closing the round on the topic of fan engagement. Um, how do you use or how do you can imagine that the data will be used in the future? I think we are still uh, really at the beginning of this process. Uh, I underline all points uh, that uh, Nicholas mentioned. Uh, maybe one additional is that uh, we need to be able uh, to individualize uh, the content for the single user, for the single fan, that we give uh, only the content of a favorite player, of a favorite team, and um, and, and bring that to that device. Uh, and what that need is, uh, as I said before, um, 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 interface management between the different data sources that we have. And uh, That is quite some work to do, but if we are able to do that, and that is what Netflix is doing, what uh, Amazon is doing, individualize their product to the needs of the customer. Mm. And this is something where we are really at the beginning, uh, but it, it will be to the change of habits in media use, one of the crucial points in the future. And uh, there will be real-time tracking. Uh, they will have a big stake in that. Yeah? And... Um, We are not that far so far, uh, also not so far in the use for sporting reasons to identify uh, the best talents, to identify deficits of a player. Uh, these are all the points where we uh, have to spend a lot of energy, uh, a lot of brain uh, to use this technology uh, and maybe also for NFTs, uh, which is hot stuff right now. Uh, we... We so far did not identify that as a big business model for us. Yeah, maybe a topic for a, a different um, digital deep dive by Football Business Insight. Maybe just just an idea. And I said that I have a last a closing question from Minea Audits, at least inspired by Minea, since I have to look at the time for a little bit. That's why I would like to answer you to answer in one or two sentences maximum. Um, let's try if we can do that. And Minea is asking for the uh, topics which might be the next op big opportunities. So um, the question basically is, if you now, for example, are a venture capitalist and could invest into one technology, into one use case, 
in the field of using live data, which would you use? Um, as I said, I would look forward to a crisp answer and that's why I not name anyone to start. So whoever feels comfortable to start, feel free to start. Yeah, or maybe, maybe. for me, it's just in-depth insights. Sorry, sorry, Frank. Uh, just in-depth in insights, better understanding of the game, better understanding for a coach of tactical thing, and ultimately smoothing processes and actually letting the people that you've hired do the work of analyzing and using their cognitive intelligence and really taking advantage of that artificial intelligence. For me, that's that's key. Yeah. Thank you very much, Nicolas. Frank, I hope Nicolas left some points for you as well. Yeah, I can't tell you the magic, the magic technology, but uh, I think real-time tracking will be a part of the key technologies in the next 10 years. And um, to the point of, of investors, I get many investors who ask me about our experiences that we did the last two and a half years. So uh, I guess there will be some money uh, getting into this sector and into this technology. And... Um, money follows business models yeah i think some news that maximilian really likes maximilian where would you invest or where maybe are you actually investing 100 percent in connexon so i put all my, <laughs> i put all my money on connexon and uh, but but to say what kind of field we are looking into i i would agree with with, with, with nicholas comment i think the next big thing will be making sense out of the real-time data into more uh, meaningful insights, sport-specific insights, and making easy to consume for the fans. I think that will be a big topic where we focus on our investments.